Every single one of us will die at some point, whether five minutes from now or 50 years from now. And when we die, we will all lay wait for that day of judgment that the entire human race will face. Every single person that has existed will stand before the throne of the God of the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an unavoidable reality. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about being ready for the most important day in history. There are days that we prepare for that do not demand much, and there are certain events that we prepare for that require a great deal of dedication, commitment, and even sacrifice, because we believe there is something that is worth achieving or attaining in the future. Many things in this life demand a lot of effort and all for a certain day where everything will culminate. But there is a day that is unlike any other day that demands everything and our eternal destination will be determined then. Today's message is based on 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Heavenly Father, Holy God, blessing and honor and glory be to you. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed are you, O Lord God, for you are good. You are merciful and gracious. Thank you, O Lord, for the love that you shed on us, Heavenly Father, each and every moment. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, for the hope that we have in him. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that after everything is said and done, that when we put our faith on you, on Jesus Christ, we have an eternity to look forward to. Heavenly Father, I humbly pray that you please forgive my sins. And I pray humbly that you may please speak to us, O Lord, through your Holy Spirit, through your word. Help us to understand the reality of who you are, Lord God and the reality that we will need to face in a not-so-distant future. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, 
we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many occasions where we await a special day with much anticipation. Children many times long for a school year to be done with the hope of not getting up early anymore and doing things with friends and going out to the beach and, or to camp and so on. As they get older, many adolescents can't wait for the day that they can get their driver's license with the hope of getting their first car and the thrill of independence. And they wait with great anticipation for that day as a coming of age. Then, of course, there is the anticipation of graduating from high school for many, and some have the hope of going to a college or university where they will not only pursue a career, but also they have the hope of being more independent. Although it's a false independence if mom and dad are still paying for tuition and providing support. But nonetheless, there is a hope and anticipation and, of course, a preparation that is involved. Some responsible students prepare themselves for college many years before getting there by working hard to get good grades, doing extracurricular activities, and so on. Some students here in the United States start preparing for college by the time they start middle school. It's years of planning and sacrifice for some of those that want to get scholarships or financial aid so they can actually be able to go to college. And there are those that still have the desire to get married, and they wait with much anticipation for that day to come. There are those that plan a wedding out for years in advance because they want it to be perfect, to have the right dress, the right place, the right decorations, wherever those may be. Some spend thousands upon thousands of dollars because they want for that day to be as special as possible for them. They want an unforgettable experience for themselves and for their guests. And how about people that want to buy their first home? It is very difficult for people to buy a home nowadays here in the U.S. with rising interest rates and very harsh increase in the cost of living. Some may have had the hope of buying their first home now, but because of uncertainty with the economy or escalation of costs, they've needed to postpone their dream. And now they need to work harder to save more money and to wait for that opportunity of finding something they can afford. Some people have worked and saved for years to be able to get their own little piece of real estate somewhere. Now, there are some people that work their whole lives to prepare for their retirement. There are those that are able to start to prepare for this retirement in their mid-30s by trying to save on a regular basis some money at every pay period. There is such a thing as a 401k here in the U.S. where people can ask for their employers to take out a discrete amount of money out of their paychecks every pay period, where it can then be invested on a portfolio. And some employers even match a certain amount as an added employment benefit and are able to help the employee save that much more over time. And the hope is to have enough to retire on because Social Security may just not be enough. An additional liquid asset is needed just to be able to make ends meet after retirement. This is what needs to happen for those of us that do not have municipal or governmental jobs where there is a formal retirement benefit. These are just some examples of milestones, if you will, in a person's life where they wait for something with great anticipation to happen, for that time to be fulfilled, and they work and labor and worry while they get there. In every instance, there is preparation, some abstaining of doing certain things so other more important things can be done. There are priorities set so the goal is achieved. People prepare for all kinds of events all the time for their whole lives. 
There's always something to fight for, and we prepare for those things. However, there is an incredible day coming, something that is the most important day in human history. Yet most people choose to believe that it is not coming or that there are other things that are more important. When people start hearing about the coming judgment of God, they start tuning it out or just choose to believe that there is no such thing or worse, that there are things that are much more important than that. And they rather focus more on the here and now than on that which is coming. But despite what anyone chooses to believe or do, that day is coming and it is the most important day. Nothing can compare to that moment when we all stand before God and God himself determines where we will spend eternity. And it is something we need to be ready for. In Revelation chapter 20, it gives us insight about what will happen in the future, where it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This by far should be the most important event we should all prepare for, because here is a reality that we all need to come to grips with, that we need to embrace, and that is that we never know when our time will come. Unlike other things we mentioned before, we just do not know when our moment will be where this life will end for us. Many take things for granted and think that they have nothing to worry about until they are very old and done with everything they want to accomplish. Some people think, I'll worry about that whenever that happens, whenever it gets there. But that is foolishness. Reality teaches us that our time can come quite unexpectedly. Children die all the time. Teenagers many times die in the flower of their youth. There are professional athletes that collapse and die in the middle of the field. Just a few days ago, there was a, a Belgian soccer player, Arne Espiel, who was 25 years old that died after collapsing on the pitch. One moment he was fine without any complications playing soccer and the next moment he was dead. He immediately died after saving a penalty for his team. And what can we say about the recent earthquakes in Turkey and Syria where there were more than 45,000 people that died? Thousands upon thousands of people before February 6th in both of those countries may have thought that they had their whole life ahead of them, probably making plans, probably going through the motions of what we just mentioned earlier where men, women, and children were completely unsuspecting that they were living their last moments on this earth. Their time was cut short in a matter of moments. Some people think that nothing out of the ordinary will ever happen to them, and they take for granted their whole lives, doing as they please and voluntarily ignoring the day that is coming for all of us, or just making like there is nothing to worry about. Some people try to ignore the fact or think they are exempt from everything that happens all around them, from sickness and disease, accidents, natural disasters, to even violence and random acts of terror in unsuspecting places, like the mass shootings we continue having. Just the other day, we had a mass shooting here in Michigan State University, where there were three young people that were killed for no apparent reason. 19-year-old Ariel Anderson, 
20-year-old Alexandra Werner, and 20-year-old Brian Frazier. I'm very sure that these three young people got up in the morning thinking that their day was going to be like every other day. They had no idea that they were living their last moments. Yet, despite this tragic event not being in their plans, it did happen. These are just a few of the examples that teach us that all that are still here, that time can be cut short and that our end can come at any moment and there is nothing we can do to avoid it. If there's anything that shows no discrimination, this world is death. Thousands upon thousands of babies are killed by their own mothers even before they are born. In 2020, the Guttmacher Institute reported that there were 930,160 abortions that year in the U.S. That is an average of about 2,548 abortions per day. Many babies die at birth. Children die due to accidents, illness, hunger, and so many other things. And of course, anything can happen to anyone older anywhere. And it does happen, whether they're rich or poor, famous or unknown, and no matter what race they are. Death can come for anyone at any given moment without any notice. It's a reality that should not be ignored. It should be taken very seriously. And the Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the following, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Every single one of us will die at some point, whether five minutes from now or 50 years from now. And when we die, we will all lay wait for that day of judgment that the entire human race will face. Every single person that has existed will stand before the throne of the God of the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an unavoidable reality. Now we have talked about a terrible and unavoidable reality, speaking of death. Yet there is another reality that we need and can accept to deal with the reality of death and that is Jesus Christ. Accepting Jesus Christ as who he is also has to do with accepting a reality. The Bible teaches us that it is not a choice that we have to make to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, but moreover, it is a reality that we must come to grips with, and what happens with us is determined on when we accept this reality. Jesus is the Lord, and there's no denying that, no matter what people choose to believe. And the proof is that we were created by God and to do His will. We did not make ourselves. We were not the product of some random cosmic accident. We did not evolve from apes. We were created and made by God, and He made us for a purpose, to acknowledge who He is and to come to love and serve Him out of our own free will. This is the reason for our existence. This is the why we exist. You don't need to look anywhere else. God made us for Him. It's something as simple as that. In Genesis chapter one, it says this, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed 
To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The Bible teaches us that we were made for the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so it is quite clear. God made each and every one of us with an intended purpose. He created us for good works, to do the Father's will during our lifetime. And sin ruined that purpose. The moment sin was introduced into mankind was the moment that God's good intentions were interfered with and our purpose was destroyed. Yet God restored that purpose through the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He gave us the opportunity again to come back to that original purpose, intent, and design so we can do what we were originally made to do. He didn't just say, I'm throwing it all away and starting new. He did a work through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to give us an unmerited gift that if we come to realize and accept the certain reality of who he is and repent and convert from all of our sins, we could be restored to our original purpose, to be saved from the grip of Satan and hell and to form part of his kingdom forever. We have all sinned, yet even though we have all sinned, he shows his grace and gives us the opportunity for salvation if we choose to believe and fully accept the reality that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Now, timing is everything. We find salvation and eternal life if we repent and convert from our sins and accept and follow genuinely Jesus Christ as Lord now. But if we don't accept that reality now, if we don't come to that obedience while there is still time before we die, we will be forced to come to that reality later, but it will be too late then. We won't be ready for that day of judgment if we choose to not accept that certain reality here and now. In Romans chapter 14, it says, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Those of us that accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives now will bow to the Lord in the future out of eternal gratitude and joy. But those that did not accept the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord now will also kneel and bow and be humbled then before they are cast into eternal fire for eternal condemnation. You see, every single being in the universe in that day, even Satan himself, will have to bow and acknowledge this certain truth. This is the day that is coming for all of us. And we need to be ready. And the only way we can be ready is if we accept and treat Jesus Christ as the Lord he is, as the Lord he needs to be for us so that we can be saved. We need to belong to him and to treat him as the Lord he is. There is no other way. In Colossians chapter three, it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Romans chapter 14, it also says, for if we live, 
we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. We find eternal life and eternal purpose when we embrace and love the Lord as our effective and literal Lord. Our direction needs to come from the Lord. We need to treat the Lord as Lord. That's the way that we will be ready for this day of judgment that is coming. For it is also written, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We will be ready for whatever comes if we do the will of the Father here and now and until we breathe our last breath. I hope you realize, as unpleasant as it may be, that this life can end at any moment. Death is an unavoidable reality. I know it's not easy and it's not pleasant, but it is what it is. And the uncertainty of when it can happen should make us realize how much we should be ready for it. We need to be ready. We should make ourselves ready all of the time. There is nothing in the here and now that is more important than where we will spend eternity. We need to think about the big picture always. So what if you live 70, 80, or even 90 years here doing whatever you want and that everything is perfect, so to speak, if that time will come to an end? What is 100 years on this planet compared to eternity? There is a limit on how long you live here and now, but eternity is unlimited, it is infinite. And so it's too much to risk to not think about it and to do something about it. But making like there is no judgment, but there's time to worry about it at the end is foolishness. And of course, giving other things more priority that are ultimately temporary and passing is even more foolish. And so I would urge you, think about eternity. Think about the reality that your end can happen at any point in time and do something about it by not living in vain, by not putting temporary things ahead of more important things like your soul and where you will spend eternity. Don't put a price on your own soul by living for things that are less than Jesus Christ and the God that will judge you in the end. The Lord said this in Matthew chapter 16, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. I would urge you to think about this judgment and to make sure that you will find yourself justified through the Lord Jesus Christ because you live to fulfill your true purpose to do the will of God the Father. You were made by God for God and you will spend eternity with God if you treated the Lord as who he is and did as he tells you to do. If you belong to the Lord and do as he tells you, then you will pass the judgment and live forever to do the greater things that God has prepared for those that love him. If you reject the God that made you and you ignore the purpose for why you were created, you will not pass God's judgment and you will be condemned to spend eternity away from God, which coincides with your decision to ignore, reject, honor, despise Him. In the end, everyone will get exactly what they want based on how they live their lives. 
I would urge you, for your own good, embrace the Lord and live for Him so you can live forever. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. Heavenly Father, help us to understand, to be aware, to be able to see the reality that this life is very uncertain and that everything here and now will go away. Everything here is passing and temporary and you are the only one that lives forever. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to love you, that we need to please you. It is for our own good that we need to do as you tell us to do so that we can live forever, so that we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you loved us so much that despite the fact that we have all sinned and we have done it voluntarily and willingly, you still loved us to the point of sacrificing your only begotten Son so that we could be saved. You allowed for his flesh to be broken so we could find life in him. You allowed for his blood to be poured out so that our sins can be washed away. Heavenly Father, you are truly good in every kind of way. Heavenly Father, help us to value what you have done for us and help us to understand that we need to value you and to treat you as the Lord that you are so that we in turn can be able to live forever. Help us to understand that only you are the one that holds all immortality. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.